Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. MidwayUSA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to Season 2, Episode 47 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. I am so excited today because I have my youngest with me in my podcasting studio. I've got Luke. He's 11 years old, and he is going to talk to us today and share some of his favorite hunting memories and shooting memories, growing up in a hunting and shooting and trapping family. And Luke is excited to share some of his awesome um, walk down memory lane of growing up as a young Rayo with the world of firearms that we live. Luke, would you like to introduce yourself to us? Hi, my name is Luke Rayo. I'm 11 years old and I'm in fifth grade. So tell me, tell us about your earliest memory that you have with firearms. Well, I remember it was that program that teaches kids about gun safety. I forgot what that was. So yeah, several years ago, there's an indoor gun range around Houston, and they used to offer a summer camp where parents could drop off their young kids, and they would spend the day with trained staff, and they would learn all about firearms and firearm safety. And we would be invited, myself and sometimes my husband, and my kids would come help as well. And we would come help teach the young campers, basically, about firearm and how to be safe around firearms. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I remember that now. So what did you remember about that camp? Well, I don't remember much, but I remember on the very last day, whenever we were finished, we walked to, it was like a big room where... Uh, the owner of the store greeted us with about a thousand guns on a wall, and he said that we can pick any gun we want um, to shoot to try out. Yep, that's right. And do you remember what you chose? Yeah, uh, my brother John John, uh, he said a machine gun, and I chose a sniper rifle. So the kids, under strict supervision, of course, um, were able to go into the indoor range at this time on the last day, and staff would be right there by their side and help them um, manage the firearm of their choice. And so John John picked a 9mm Uzi, fully automatic machine gun, that he was able to shoot. And Luke's gun he chose was a sniper rifle that had a silencer on it. And do you remember what happened? You thought it was going to be really loud. 
even though you had hearing protection on, you thought it was going to be a really loud gun. And what happened when you squeezed the trigger of this sniper rifle with the silencer? What did it sound like? Yeah, so I thought it was going to be like really loud boom, but whenever I shot the trigger, it just went just like that. And so after you got to shoot that, you and John John switched, right? Mm -hmm. And so John John got to shoot the sniper rifle with the silencer, and then you were able to shoot the what? The Uzi. When you squeezed the trigger, what happened? How did it feel like when you squeezed the trigger? So whenever I squeezed the trigger, um, so like I thought it was going to be like a boom, boom. But no, whenever I... Squeeze the trigger went beep, 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 beep. That's right. And so the, the owner of the store actually had to stand behind you and put his hand above the stock of the firearm, right? Because as you were shooting, the gun started to walk up as it was shooting really fast, right? Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yeah. And he was right behind you and he had his hand right over the gun to make sure that it wasn't going to go out of control. <laughs> but you did a good job at such a young age keeping it under control. You were probably five years old with this experience. Yeah, um, looking back, uh, five-year-olds can shoot a fully automatic gun. Not very many. I promise <clears> that. <throat> that was cool. So what else do you remember growing up um, in our house? Of course, you know, anybody who listens to our podcast knows that we are pro-Second Amendment, pro-firearm family. And with that, we raise our we raise you boys around guns and how to be safe around them growing up. So what do you remember as a young Luke um, growing up in our family, anytime we had firearms around. So, yeah. Um, what I remember over the years is whenever there's a gun laying down, you don't touch it, even if it's, even if you don't know it's real. You wait for permission. Uh, once you're handing over a gun, you wait till the other person says you got it until you let go. Um, you keep the muzzle where you want it to be pointed. For a safe direction, you always keep your finger off the trigger uh, when you're not ready to shoot. When it was time to transport our firearms to get ready to go to the range or to get ready to go on a hunt, what do you remember about getting ready to go on a trip with our firearms? So what we would do is we would make sure the gun's unloaded, put it in the case, Take the ammo in a separate bag. Then we would put the gun cases in a safe location in our vehicle. So not like in the bed or a trailer of a truck. Because we don't want them to be bounced around, um, possibly damaging the guns. Perfect. And also if you put your gun gun case in the bed of a truck or in a trailer and it does bounce around and let's say you have a rifle and you're about ready to go on a deer hunt and you've worked really hard and spent many hours and many days at the rifle range sighting in your rifle to be just perfect, what could happen to that scope if it gets bounced around? It could get it scratched, um, it could get it cracked, it could move the sight so it might be off. That's right. That's right. Good. So tell me, we talked about gun safety. We talked about your memories of always being careful with our firearms and keeping ammunition separately. Tell me a memory that you have going to a gun range. So the latest Memory I've had was whenever we got, me and my brother got our bows for Christmas. 
What kind of bows did you get? Do you remember what they were called? We got compound bows. So tell me a little bit about what you remember getting your compound bow set up before you could shoot it for the first time. Or were you able to take it right out of the package and shoot it? Well, no, because you have to get the bow made just for you. Because it's not like regular bows where you can just hand it off. It's specifically made for you. You have to have draw length and draw weight. Good. So do you remember what your draw length means? So draw length is how far you can pull back on your bow. Okay. And what about your draw weight? Draw weight is how many pounds you can pull back. Good. Good job. So can you and your brothers trade off bows? Well, no, especially if they're left-handed and right-handed. Okay, good. And what determines left-handed and right-handed? Your eye dominant. That's right. That's right. You are a rayo, that's for sure. (laughs) Good. Um, The other question I had is tell me what you remember about the process of getting the arrows fitted to your bow. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. So what they would do is they would take your arrow, measure it to your draw length, and then cut the arrow that matches your draw length. And then we put the tips on depending on what kind of shooting that we're going to do, right? Yes. So because we were target shooting, we put on target field tips. Okay. So once you got your bow all set up, then you went to the range. Tell me about your memories about going to the range with John John. So it was really fun. We had gotten um, bow releases. Um, So it goes around your wrist, and there's a little lever you push that releases the string um so at the range there's 10 yards 20 yards and the sight on your compound bow um the three little pins determine how long range you need it so green would be like 10 yards red would be 30 and no yellow would be 30 and then red would be like 50 and who was a better shot, you or John John? So we actually had a contest, so actually I was a better shot. Of course you were. <laughs> Good. So what is your ultimate goal, wish with a bow one day? One day I really wish that I can get a deer with a bow because we haven't really had the chance to practice. Right. So just like with any um, sport or any hunting opportunity – You don't just pick up your firearm or you don't just pick up your bow and you go out the weekend to go on a hunt, right? There's a lot of practice that happens before you get to that level. So tell me about how much we have to practice. Well, with um, my uh, 22, we went to the range probably once every week and I was getting better and better until I was um, dead eye. So we went to the we went hunting to our friend's uh, land, and I got a doe. Okay. Do you remember what firearm that you shot the doe with? 
Like 25 out 6. There you go. 25 out 6. So we practiced shooting using a 22 rifle because there is not much recoil and there's hardly any sound on a 22. But what you're practicing and getting really good at are your fundamentals. So we're able to practice our sight picture, our aiming, our trigger squeeze, our breath control, and follow through. And once you get those fundamentals down, then that applies to any firearm that you're shooting. For example, any rifle that you're shooting. Um, once you learn how to do it on a 22, you can work your way up to a larger caliber, like the 25-06 that Luke took his deer with. So what other memories do you have about that hunt? Um, Was that at Mr. Frank's, our yeah. friend Mr. Frank? Yes. So did you just get into the deer blind and there was the deer? Or what kind of skills did you have to practice while you were waiting? Lots of patience. Lots of patience, right. And what other skills did you have to have? Um, Self-control, silence. Um, So whenever I um, see a deer and I'm about to shoot, like I'm shaking with joy because that um, usually never happens because we barely get to hunt anymore. And so how do you control that joy shake? So um, whenever I'm aiming... I um, either do one of two breathing controls. One, it's breathe in, hold breath, shoot, breathe out. One is breathe in, breathe out halfway, hold your breath, and then shoot, and then exhale all the way. Okay, good. And that helps with your um, sight picture, and that helps be real steady, right, with your shot. Well, good. So after you've taken your deer, what memories do you have about cleaning? Because the hunt's not over, right? When you pull that trigger, it's really just beginning. Yeah. So do you have any memories about cleaning? Um, Cleaning, uh, not really, because I was too young to actually have a knife. Right. So I was just um, being dad's assistant. You were a very good assistant. So one of the hunts that I remember is when you were seven, that was when you took your very first deer. Is it age seven? Luke's laughing right now because he knows where I'm going with this. And one of our friends, Mr. Brock, he has some property in far west Texas, about seven hours from where we live. And Mr. Brock invited Luke to come take his very first deer on his property. And it was on a Friday, and Luke got to check out of school. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You got to check out of school that day, and your dad took you all the way across the state of Texas. And you got to your location, and you're getting ready for an evening hunt before sundown. You got in your blind, and you were real still, and all of a sudden, this pretty nice deer came walking out. Remember that? Yeah. And did you shoot it right away? No. No. And all I remember, all what I remember is I got a phone call from your dad that said, Luke was too afraid to pull that trigger because he was afraid to recoil. And what did your dad say? Do you remember what he said when you said you wouldn't pull the trigger? No. (laughs) So dad said, 
I drove seven hours across this state for you to shoot a deer. And you are not getting out of this blind until you shoot a deer. (laughs) And so you got really mad and huffy. And right after that deer walked on, pretty soon, another really nice buck came out of the brush. And you lined up on that deer. You put that gun on your shoulder. It was a 243. And you squeeze that trigger, one shot, that deer went down. It was a beautiful shot. And you looked at your dad and went, there, you happy? (laughs) So, But of course, we were extremely happy and you were very excited. And dad asked you, did that gun have any kick or any recoil? Would you say? Not really. No, not at all. So if you look on my North American Outdoors Instagram page or my North American Outdoors Facebook page, the photograph that's attached to this podcast is this deer that we're talking about, Luke's very first nice buck with his 243 on that hunt where he was too afraid to pull the trigger for that first deer that walked by. But he did a great job. And so to speak, we've kind of created a monster because Luke is our little hunter. What other memories do you have about hunting? Uh, I remember another time at Mr. Frank's, we were in a deer a deer blind. We were hunting for um, just bobcat, hogs, coyotes. And then two coyotes came up. I shot the first one. Dad shot the second one. The first one that I shot was 150 yards. I shot him and he went down. But Dad, on the other hand, <laughs> he shot him and he went running. <laughs> so, so see, what do they call you now? <laughs> he calls me Dead Eye. Dead Eye Luke, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And um, about two weeks later... Um, our friend, Mr. Frank, calls Dad, and he, and he said, Did you shoot a coyote? Because I just found one over here dead with bones and skin. <laughs> and did he own up to it? Yes, <laughs> but not easily. Oh, yeah, I also remember another hunt. It was an Axis hunt. Um, remember me and you were in the blind? We didn't see any, but we heard a uh, turkey gobble. Yep. And we watched the sunrise. What else did we see that day? Um, did we see some turkeys? I think we did. We saw a couple of turkeys in the distance, yeah. but it wasn't turkey season, so we weren't mm-hmm. hunting turkeys. But we got to see a lot of songbirds that mm-hmm. were by our blind. Yep. And I know when it was time for bolts open and we were waiting for our pickup ride, what did we do? I remember that. Yeah, we decided to play a little game of um, baseball. We used the, what was it, to attract the deer? The alfalfa. So yeah. the landowner supplement supplemental fed his deer on property, and he poured out little alfalfa cubes all over his property. And we had alfalfa cubes on the ground. And I also found the stick, so. Yeah? So what were we doing? Um... We switched off throwing or tossing the alfalfa and trying to hit it. Yeah, you did pretty good. So part of hunting and part of being in the outdoors requires a lot of preparation, a lot of time, a lot of equipment and planning. So what are some skills that 
you being an outdoor kid and a, a kid that loves to hunt and trap and shoot, what are some of those skills that you learned growing up to to be comfortable and to be successful outdoors? Um. Well, I learned most of my stuff by scouting, like how to make a tent, how to be safe with fire, how to be warm in cold environments. So, Scouts, let's talk a little bit about Boy Scouts. You joined Cub Scouts when you were in first grade, so you were probably five years old, just like all your brothers did too. John John and Matthew and Dominic, they all joined Cub Scouts at the young age of five in first grade. And what you're talking about, those skills that they teach you, um, how to stay warm, how to build a fire, how to stay safe around fire... They teach you how to camp and how to have fun with camping, right? Um, they teach you how to build a tent. And what are some other things that you learned as a scout? Well, um, like camping-wise? Yeah. Um, well, we learned uh, just how to be safe, how to pick up after yourself, how to know what's a right and safe environment. So when you're outdoors, you said about how to pick up after yourself. What's one of the mottos of scouting? Uh, scout is clean. Scout is clean. And how should you leave things? Uh, better than you found it. That's right. So that doesn't only apply to a Boy Scout camping weekend, does it? No. Everywhere we go, whether it's hunting or even hiking on a trail at a state park, Everywhere we go, we always want to leave the area a little bit better than we found it. Picking up trash, picking up somebody else's trash, right? So those principles apply when we're out on somebody's property hunting is how do we stay warm? You know, we dress in layers. And those are a lot of those skills that you learned growing up in Cub Scouts. So tell me what the 12 points of the Scout Law are. Do you remember? A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. So how do those points relate to hunting? Well, a scout is trustworthy. You have to be trusted around guns. Um, loyal. You have to be loyal um, about how to treat guns. You have to be loyal um, how you treat them, treat them like you treat people, show them with respect, and try to keep them clean. Okay, so trustworthy, loyal, helpful. Helpful. You, you help um, people whenever they have troubles. Um, trustworthy, loyal, helpful. Friendly. A hunter is friendly, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're one big happy family of hunters. So anywhere you go and you encounter another hunter, usually they're they're pretty good people, right? We're like one big outdoor hunting family. Okay, mm -hmm. what's the next one? Courteous. Okay. What is how does that mean? What's courteous? So if you're courteous and you have good manners, and you're showing good attitude or good ethics when you're out in the field. Kind. Kind? You're, All right. You're kind to other hunters, like friendly. 
Okay. Who else are you kind to when you're out in the field? Animals. The animals, right? You want to make sure that you take a quick, clean shot. Okay. And what about the person who invited you? Yeah. You want to be invited back. That's right. That's right. So what's after kind? Go down the list. (laughs) Obedient. Obedient. Obedient is obeying. So what does obeying or being obedient have anything to do with hunting? Okay, so um, obeying, for one, is obeying the seasons. If it's not um, deer season, you don't shoot a deer. Um, Also, the landowner's rules, if you don't shoot, like, over a fence, you don't shoot over a fence. You want to be invited back. What's after obedient? Cheerful. Cheerful. (laughs) What's a cheerful hunter? What does that have to do with anything? It's kind of, like, kind, friendly. Um, You're always, you always got to be happy. Um, Especially when we're sitting together in a blind at 5 o'clock in the morning I want to be sitting next to a cheerful hunter and not a Mr. Grumpy Pants, <laughs> right? Okay, so what's after cheerful? Thrifty. Thrifty. What's thrifty mean? Being responsible of what you have. So how could you be thrifty as a hunter? So say the landowner says he has two buckets of corn. Don't waste the second bucket. You be thrifty on how much you use. Okay, good. What's after thrifty? Brave. Brave. Are hunters brave? Yes. Why? They're not they're not afraid to take a shot. They're not afraid of the outdoors. Alright, what's after brave? Clean. Clean. Are hunters clean? Most of the time. Yeah. You want to try to be clean, right? Yeah. So how could you be clean? Um if you're I mean like washing your hands, that's good. You don't want to get sick, especially cleaning a deer. You want to make sure you're clean. Um, you don't want to eat with messy hands to get yourself sick. Okay. So what about the area around where you clean the deer? Yeah, so um, you want to, for one, you need to have something to catch whatever you drop. Um, you want to, well, you want to have first aid kit next to you. Um, you want to, um, clean up the blood that you, um, spill. Because you want to leave it better than you found it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's the next point of the scout law after clean? Reverent. Reverent. So what does reverent mean? It means your duty to God. So how can you be a reverent hunter? Uh, you can just stop and think about how far you've come, how much you have, how um, you can shoot, how you can feed your family, how the landowner is. Giving you opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. So wrapping this up, tell me your most favorite memory that comes to mind from anything that you've grown up doing these past 11 years when it comes to hunting or shooting or being around firearms? Looking at it, I think it's the gift to always have some someone to hunt with. My whole family is pro-gun. We always have a chance to go hunting. So it's really good that I have someone always to go hunting with. 
So our parents always give, gave us opportunities every time, any time we wanted to go to the range. They would try to figure a spot to get us there. Yeah, anytime we would want to go, um, our parents would draw us in for youth hunts and programs so we get a better experience of hunting. Also, I'm glad that all my other brothers have the same interest as me. Um, all have the, the same amount of joy going hunting and trapping. And this year, I got a lifetime membership to the NRA. So all of us have life members, and we are life of the MNRA. Very good. So thank you, Mr. Luke, for sharing your afternoon with me and helping talk about your memories and your favorite experiences that you've had growing up around firearms and telling us some of your favorite memories on your favorite hunts. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 930 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.